All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. Today we have Adam Morris with us. So welcome to the show, man. What's up, Tyler? Thanks for having me. Have you? Hello, everybody listening. We have like the best mutual connection. Shout out to Adria Dunn. Big shout out. out. (laughs) Legend. Yes. Um, So before we like dive in, can you just give us a little intro, a little bit, a little bit more about you and what you do? Uh, I'm a filmmaker, actor, philanthropist, probably a bunch of other things too. in my professional life and you know my personal time big soccer fan manchester united supporter all my life um still play a bit of a five aside from time to time um love music you know make i've been making music since i was a kid haven't released anything yet um but yeah i mean i'm i, I think i'm just an artist entertainer storyteller through and through always have been and uh you know now i'm trying to find ways to um you know use everything i've learned to help others and, and and pay it forward um again you know shout out to adria dunn very inspired by everything that she's done um with the community that she's built and how we connected and um yeah i recently launched my nonprofit crystal vision foundation at the Cannes film festival this year which is a uh, disability support charity to help aspiring filmmakers who have uh disabilities or who are differently abled Oh, that's awesome, man. And dude, as you were talking, that's what I was thinking is I was, I would say just like creator, like through and through like everything that you listed off there, as far as like work related stuff, it's all like artistry and just creative ventures in general. So, um, first question I want to ask you is when you were, I love starting interviews off like this, like when you were younger, let's say like middle school. So Mm -hmm. let's say 12, 13, did you envision yourself doing what you're doing now or completely different? Yeah, I, I always, um, I mean, I was obsessed with movies, you know, from childhood, making my own little films on um, little, you know, home video cameras and, and webcams even when I was like a teenager and, and um, you know, didn't think too much about um the career as a filmmaker. It was always imagining myself, you know, uh, as an actor because that was always my my ambition originally um and just through my fascination with the um you know the the, the technical side of of cinema and watching like listening to all the director commentaries of all my dvds i'd collected from a young age and uh you know the making of some of the featurettes and just yeah you know seeing how 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 it all works on set and then getting my kind of first um on-set experience as a runner and production assistant it uh you know gave me that that buzz of 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 being you know on on the team and and ha- you know putting putting everything together from from script to screen and and uh yeah it's definitely be something it's it, you know this this career and life is something definitely i've been manifesting since uh since then since you know whatever you said middle school to high school whenever like was life. it even was it even before then or is that when it started you would say i i think it probably uh you know it's cliche but star wars was the experience going to see this and that and cinema. i think i was six years old it was a remastered uh uh re-release when they did um you know all of those in the 90s and i was like six years old when i saw star wars and cinema my dad and and you know coming out of that mind blown and just being like okay someone and i and i knew that that had been created by somebody and so um you know shout out george lucas you know i think he's the reason why so many people are you know um cinephiles or, or want to aspire to go into filmmaking 
Yeah, you know, I think, and uh, I hope this isn't incorrect, but I think there was a movie that Spielberg just made, and it was about him. And I think he like it starts out. If I remember, I watched it a few months ago. But like he's like a kid, and he's in the cinema, and that's where it like started his fascination with just making movies. And mm. so it's just. But the point I'm making with this is I think it's so rare that somebody under, let's just say 10 years old actually has any idea what they want to do with their life. So mm. to actually be kind of, I mean, it's, it's obviously not all luck or like, but it's, it's somewhat, it's like being blessed. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like to, to actually have, you know, to have an idea of yeah. what you do. Most people don't know that for their whole life. <laughs> like that's well, I, I definitely find that more and more now with, um, you know, the the younger people out there that I speak to who are still in school and I talk to them I say you know what do you want to do when you finish school and none of them have any idea like it's you're right it's rare and I think it's getting yeah. rare to, for, and maybe that's I, I don't know I know I've been thinking about what it comes down to but yeah I, I I just always knew that I wanted to entertain people and tell stories um but to be honest before I um you know had my my mind and heart set on um being a storyteller i there's a video actually of me it's like i must have been like i mean yeah it's before i saw star wars maybe i was the same age i was six but uh me saying i wanted to be a scientist and apparently according to my parents that was the first <laughs> thing i wanted oh, to do wow. when i was a kid is i wanted to be a scientist and then after that it was like i wanted to be a, a football or soccer player um and then i guess yeah, yeah um filmmaker actor entertainer was came third after scientist and uh and footballer <laughs> wow that's that's cool and i mean i would say still like scientist is i mean that's definitely still on the creative uh spectrum right i mean it's pretty creative. yeah that's true <laughs> you know it's a good point i think you need to be able to have abstract thinking and to have critical thinking to, to, to you know yeah of course that makes that makes yeah. sense it's true and i think yeah before i mean i was i was you know i was reading like books like uh from you know young like when i was a kid and i remember getting this uh encyclopedia when i was like super small and just you know going through that and being really um fascinated by astrology uh yeah astrology in space and and uh and still am <laughs> yeah no i i hear you and so one question i want to ask and then i want to get more like detailed into your work but if you if somebody wanted to get into like the film industry, like what would you recommend? Because I from the story you just told, it seems like you really you know you really started kind of I I don't like to say bottom, but you like started at a oh a, you can say that it's, it's yeah, fair like, to say I started at the bottom for sure. Like yeah, I didn't yeah, like you started any, in an initial yeah. role, yeah, and yeah, like I know your way up, yeah, yeah, definitely because I didn't know anybody, I had no network, I wasn't from like a film family or or, or I didn't you know. I didn't inherit any contacts or, or or anything like that. I had to really put myself out there online, you know, cold calling and emailing, trying to connect with people, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, this is years ago, so, you know, uh, 10, 15 years ago. And in the beginning of those, you know, kind of social media platforms and then, you know, hearing about different networking events and just, you know, turning up, showing up and just handing out little business cards and fresh out of school or, you know, dropped out of school, but um, it was, yeah, you, you know, it was definitely a case of starting from scratch zero to, to, to amass a network and, you know, find like-minded people that wanted to, that, you know, that, that there was um, synergy for collaboration. And the advice I always give is the same that I hear so many filmmakers give, you know, 
some of my, you know, you know, whether it's Scorsese, Tarantino, these guys, they will say the same thing. And it's so true. If, if you want to be a filmmaker, go make films. It's as simple as that. I mean, I was talking yeah. to somebody yesterday and they asked me, well, how did you get the job directing Lucid? I said, I gave myself the job. I wrote the script. I had a story that I wanted to tell. <laughs> um, so I hired myself. I went out and I made the film, you know, um, before that, it was the same with my first short film that I, you know, that I made before Lucid. So really, I think it comes down to, you know, you, you know, all that you versus you stuff is true. And you have to take away all the excuses that you give yourself, those reasons why you haven't done it yet. You know, oh, well, I'm, you know, I need to learn to walk before I can run or, you know, oh, why would I throw myself in the deep end? I need to let, da, da. you never, you know, the only time you ever see anyone thrive is when they come out of their comfort zone, right? Yeah, it's true. And I think like, I love what you said there because you didn't have any context or anything. So the reality is start from the bottom. And secondly, I mean, with technology we have today, you don't even need to go into the industry technically. I mean, we have YouTube, you know, so you could actually yeah. make your own film without having to go through Hollywood. It's That's like, true. Not, yeah, it's not really. You can, a find, you can find an audience like for sure. Yeah. yeah. So so what was your, um, let's talk. Okay. So you, you worked your way up and what was your first film? I mean, I know the answer. Uh, my, 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 <laughs> yeah, my, my first professional film yeah, um, yeah, yeah. was, 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 uh, was the window. And that was something that I, um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I had, um, it was my first, I remember I turned 21 first time I'd gone to the States, uh, to Vegas and made, um, got lucky beginner's luck on on the slots and blackjack tables and managed to actually come home with some a bit of extra cash wow, as well as, as well as just spending money while i was out there and having fun um yeah. and with that and i remember there's a little like a tin that i had in my in my bag with um with notes that i came back and changed and 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 um yeah i made the window like out my own pocket for like a couple grand and it was enough to pay for equipment to, to rent a load of, you know, um, cinema lenses and camera and all the kit, um, and, in and, and, you know, and the catering to make sure that everybody was fed for the three days that we took to shoot the film, um, was so blessed to have an amazing, uh, you know, group of friends that, um, believed in me and, the and the project and, and the story that I wanted to tell. And essentially it's kind of like, um, a, a dark, comedy i guess uh no uh dark dramatic comedy it's you know it's kind of hard to box it but essentially it's like sliding doors meet super bad it's like a story about how fate and luck are connected and a coin flip that separates two friends from getting into a house party and then turns to turmoil all kind of boils down to this one climatic moment and then the perspective shifts and we see how it could have all changed in a split second so it's about windows of opportunity and you know wow. alter alternative futures that could have been lived if not for like a micro decision um that tips it one way or the other um and and the inspiration for that was you know when i lost my eyesight in 2009 i got diagnosed with this rare mitochondrial disease which i still have because it's incurable uh, at the moment to stay but it's um it's left me registered blind and and uh i i always thought like okay what life path would i've been on if i hadn't have lost my eyesight and gone blind and you know how different would things be very different i'm sure you know it's like the butterfly effect really that was my yeah. sort of my fascination with the butterfly effect and 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 um and yeah, so that was my first film. And and like I say, I, I, I was only able to make that because, um, I mean, we talk about network, but it was really just, you know, me and my friends coming together and, and, um, and all rolling our sleeves up and, and, 
and 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 that turned out you know it, it it came out to be a cool film and played at festivals and won awards and you know was a showcase for me dude that's incredible yeah i think about that stuff too actually a lot where it's like one small decision can change everything I, I actually have a friend uh, that I grew up with um, and he he's doing better now at this kind of, I guess, a little bit sad, but he's doing good now. But he he started thinking about that so much that he got like he got into his head so much that like he would like when he was walking, he would like be he would like think about which step to take because he would like oh, fast forward like it, and if you think about it, it can go to that level like you don't. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. yeah. Like Man, like uh, like Jim Carrey in the number twenty three or whatever that movie was, where you're yeah. just overthinking everything and second guessing. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, yeah, I move my right foot or left foot. Everything from that point forward is different technically. On which mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like every little thing changes the thing after that. So, but mm -hmm. you don't want to think about it that deeply. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes. You, <laughs> I swear, honestly, like there are yeah. some days where. I, I do yeah. catch myself going, but if I use my hand, this hand to pick up this, it's just, yeah, dude, I, can, I can relate to that a little bit, but you have to rein it in, obviously, and go, oh, hang yeah, on, slow down, sure, or sure. oh, take it easy. <laughs> yeah, dude, but that's such, so sliding doors and super bad mix, that's so wild. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I think dude, it's the most accurate, cool. sort of, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So that was your first one. So that this is okay. There's a lot of rarities in your life because the, so your first one had some success. That's probably pretty rare too. Like most people's first book or first film normally doesn't have success. You know, I don't, I don't think normally. So your first one, so you're already like on a roll. And then when does Lucid come into play? Was that the second one or the, way down the road? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> Lucid was, yeah, the next thing that I that I shot after the window, and it was okay. Yeah, it was a few years trying to get that made because I was jumping from my first short to my first feature and yeah. length film. And I remember, you know, people around some people around me were saying, "Oh, maybe you should make another short." You know, you know, keep uh, you know, <laughs> honing your skills or, or or learning before you you know dive into doing a feature length movie. And you know, for somebody like me, it's just water off a duck's back because i don't need other people's opinions to you know justify the opinion or, or the feeling that i have inside myself when it comes to you know believing in my own capabilities and and having the yeah the confidence and the self-awareness to say okay everything i've done on the last thing of course there's there's a massive learning curve um in in every film you're always evolving um as an artist and you're always growing and learning new things but uh, I knew that the story I had for Lucid, I had written, I had the script um, and I, and after writing the script, I just knew that. And I, I even remember I tried um, condensing it into a short script, but the story was just so deep and there was so much to play with in terms of the, the themes of, of reality and, 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 um, and the journey that I wanted to take audiences and the character on. Uh, yeah. I just was really dead set on, 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 on doing it as a feature film and, and uh, yeah, it took a while to to find the backing to get it made, but we got there in the end, and we did it. And and um and then even then though, after after getting it in the can, it was it was uh yeah, it was it was it was tough trying to find a home for it. I mean, like you say, you can always just stick it on YouTube, but this was like you know um you know even though it's it's still like I guess deemed a low budget indie film you know, a lot of money went into making Lucid. Um, and, you know, we, I was, you know, really fortunate to be working with uh, some big stars on, on the film as well. Yeah. 
for um, sure. Yeah, and and so of course yeah, there's an added responsibility um, when you're when you're making feature films uh, compared to making shorts and and uh, eventually you know we we found um, a, a, you know a good um, well I mean we we were getting a good response on the film festival circuit audiences that were seeing it were really loving it and um, something really strange actually happened uh, like we, I remember we 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 premiered at Edinburgh. Uh, film festival which by the way is the oldest film festival in the world it's really cool uh in fact piece of trivia because can uh is i think the second oldest film festival in the world um and it's only a year um i think they took like a year off during world war ii but edinburgh didn't or something um it's been going it must be going like i don't know 80 something years now whatever um but anyway uh the, the yeah the screening it was sold out we were nominated for the michael powell award and it's a full house we were getting great press um but mainly it's the audiences i don't really care what the critics say to be honest because it can be five yeah. star in someone's mind and one star in someone else's mind but as long as it leaves an impression and and um and it stays with you then i've done my job and, and i'm and i'm happy um as long as it's a, a, a point of conversation as well if it's creating some sort of a debate and people are you know trying to um yeah pick it apart in some way or work something out about it then that's fine but yeah the 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 people that saw it at the screening, I guess you know quite a few of them, uh, who had, who because it was our first time showing it uh, to a an audience in that kind of setting at a festival. Um, yeah. See, a lot of these people are film people because they're interview people. Um, we had like an extra sort of uh, maybe almost like a fifty odd um, votes on the on the on the IMDb page of the film, and uh, they were all like I guess they were all like nines and tens people that were voting maybe some eights as well whatever but um so we had this like crazy high score on imdb for a minute where we were like up there with the godfather and shawshank redemption it was like an eight point and the same it happened like the next day it just came crashing down to like a four like hmm. have like and it wasn't even the next day i remember it was like a week later almost or something and it wasn't like after the screening and there was just no way that there was that like delayed thing where all these people were gonna do and then I found out uh, a little secret, which is uh, obviously IMDb is a very trusted place for movie lovers to see kind of average user scores on on different films. And so when you have a kind of um, unacknowledged or, you know, like an independent film like mine that suddenly makes it onto like the top 250 films of all time list, they, they have these bots that basically just bot accounts that just give it one 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 ones just to bring it down to try and like balance it out to try and give more credibility to yeah this is how it works so it gives the site more credibility because you know you can't just have all these you know films that like these unknown like you know just all of us become like an overnight success that's not how the system works or the or the platform so when i heard that i was like oh that's kind of you know strange but whatever i mean for that me it's it's all about the audiences and you know if uh, and and the people that have been in the screens or the people that have seen it and found it on Amazon or or you know or or seen it or streamed on Amazon Prime or wherever they found it or watched it, um, you know they've they've always said that like whether whether it's their cup of tea or not, um, that it's it left an impression on them and it got them thinking you know and it made them reflective afterwards so, you know I'm I'm definitely happy of uh, happy about how how the film turned out and. You know, I, I'm just kind of focused now on making, you know, the next movie and 
and uh, telling the next story that I'm passionate about. But that was a very personal film, you know. It was like semi-autobiographical. Um, yeah. And the whole movie is about the power of dreams, right, and how dreams can change your life. And I still see in my dreams. I'm not blind when I'm lucid dreaming. I can still do things that I can only do before, you know, pre-19 years old or whatever. Dude, that's so crazy. I'm almost... I'm thinking about, uh, cause as you know, I'm in the book space. So I'm thinking about with Amazon, they, they don't do like the bot thing, but if you are like a kind of unknown person and then you have a book that comes out and it gets a bunch of reviews really fast, they will. And I don't quote me on this, but it's like, I've seen, let me just say to what I've seen. I don't know what they're doing, but I have seen them remove reviews. So they don't add one stars but like a book will have like a hundred reviews in the first week and then Amazon will remove like 80% of them. And mm -hmm. I don't know the reasoning behind it. Like I've heard because they think it's like your friend's family leaving it. And that's not a fair, that's like a bias review. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the same thing with IMDb. They just think, Oh, this guy's just got all his friends and families to give it a 10. So we're yeah. going to knock it down and, you know, basically like punish you in a way for people liking the thing. And it's the same, that's I guess, book reviews. Where it's, it's crazy because you got to think about it. like even famous authors right like yes they'll get thousands of organic reviews but they also like just because you're a famous um uh movie maker or author it doesn't mean your family isn't reviewing your stuff as well exactly like, so are they removing like tony robbins books uh reviews like of his you know i mean i'm just thinking like that doesn't really make sense i don't agree with that i know man uh, but you know it's weird. uh the system and how it moderates uh yeah interesting users, maybe we can find a better solution for that <laughs> something. i don't i don't think they have the best solution out there <laughs> yeah interesting um okay so if you were and i know you just described it but just for people because i highly recommend everybody listening to this goes and checks out lucid like if okay. you were to describe it like a short summary uh how would you describe it to people uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a movie about a young guy who's, um, isolated, um, living with social anxiety and, um, he, yeah, it's, in a way it's kind of like a Cinderella story for boys because he's, you know, looking out into the world from his apartment, you know, kind of yearning for intimacy and wanting to put himself out there. But, you know, he's, the fear has got a hold of him and his neighbor catches him hiding from this other girl that lives in the building. The neighbor's played by Billy Zane, uh, who who turns out to be this um, really awesome therapist and dream doctor who teaches um, this kid about how uh, how to lose a dream. And so, yeah, this uh, this boy uses dream therapy um, to reinvent himself essentially, and um, you know, draw strength from dream memories. But we follow him into his subconscious mind at night where he starts to practice uh, being social and also the art of seduction and this girl that he's infatuated with in waking life. Yeah. A relationship begins to build with her or at least uh, his mind's projection of her. And then um, in waking life, yeah, he builds a relationship with the real her, but he starts to kind of become so dedicated to the practice of, of lucid dreaming and recording dream memories, writing them down, remembering them. And then the line between dream and reality begins to blur and it gets trippy. Yeah, dude, it's, I love it. Honestly, man, it's so, so let me, add, maybe, uh, I don't know if you could answer this in a short way or if we don't have enough time. I don't, I don't know. It's up to you, but how, if, if somebody were to just ask you, how do you lucid dream? 
like how would you answer that because i don't know i, I would say watch the movie honestly because the, the movie okay. it's not it's, it's not it's not I and mean, this isn't me just like trying to shamelessly plug more people to see it it does everybody that's seen it has you know it, it does give you the sort of first step takeaway and how to get started and yeah. it's it's by no means a documentary and how to lose a dream and and uh even i remember when i was uh, developing the screenplay i was you know the the, the first draft was way way longer and it's because I had so many um, little bit, bit things in there that 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 um, the Elliot's character was teaching Zell um, all these, you know, the, the kind of step two, three, all these different techniques. And it was going in that direction. I had to kind of, uh, yeah, you know, look at it and go, no, 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 this isn't what this is about. This is meant to be a character story and a character study film, a coming of age, and and uh, you know, it, it can't become too much about. The practice of lucid dreaming although that is like the catalyst for how this kid turns his life around um yeah, yeah. You, you you do you do get like i say the first step in how to do it um which is to ba yeah basically when you you because you know a lot of people have their first lucid dream um accidentally that's how i had mine i remember i was really young and and uh you know usually what happens is your your subconscious mind will like, kind of eject you or kick you out you wake up and you go oh, that was weird i just realized i was dreaming um, and one of the first things you can do it, it, or, or you should do um, is try to look at your hands because once you look at your hands and you can see your hands in the dream, step two, which isn't in the movie, um, which is like a delete, not a deleted scene, but an omitted scene from the earlier draft is um, coin flipping. That's a, a really um, good device in being able to kind of um, get, get a handle on, 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 the, on your subconscious, but also on the world and being able to world build. Um, mm -hmm calling that outcome, uh, predicting the, yeah, the, the heads or tail flip. And, and um, yeah, when you, when you wake up, the, the, the most important thing really is to write everything down because usually dreams are, are dumped in short-term dream memories are dumped in your short-term memory and they're forgotten um, because they're not deemed to be vital information. They're not important to us. Um and well, uh, you know, that's kind of like the default process of our brain. But if you, the more you, and, and it's just logical, right? The more you, if you, if you wake up every morning or you can take it a step further um, and, you know, alarm yourself out of REM cycles every kind of 90 minutes or every, yeah, hour and a half, every two hours in the, in the night, like, so like, you know, three, four, five times a night while you're sleeping. And then every time you get, get alarmed out of that REM cycle and you remember any pictures, any uh, thing you've seen, anything from the dream, just write all that down next to your bed, go back to sleep, do it again. And then basically you're training your brain to commit dream memories to your long-term because they go, oh, these are important. We keep writing these down. They must have, these dreams must mean something. And that's your brain then figuring out and kind of self, like self-learning to um, yeah, commit them to long-term memory. And then the more you do that, then when you're in that state of hypnagogia between um, kind of like we get that sleep twitch where you're about just as you're dozing off, whatever you're thinking about can, can end up being like the, the place where you go to um and and then you can sort of um induce that as a lot as well and, and incept yourself with what the dream is gonna entail or, or what or the, at least a jumping off point or where you want to start and then you obviously you can like i say go world building and, and and um and control it from there how how often do you lucid dream i used to a lot and that's why i, I was so passionate about this story and writing this film because uh, i was lucid dreaming all the time at one point and it kind of happened to me where I um I was starting to because obviously 
the the, the, it, the dreams are so real sometimes and then yeah. and then what happens is when you're when you remember dream memories with the same clarity as real memories you you confuse things that happen in waking life to things that never really happened and that was happening at one point for me where i was like hang on did i did i have that conversation or was that in the dream and it and it exactly. becomes it becomes a little trippy yeah and so i i had to like catch myself a bit to go mm, you're going a bit too far like chill on the loose dream <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome though um <laughs> what are the and i think it's kind of uh obvious or but maybe i'm wrong that's why i want to ask is like what are the benefits of lucid dreaming i think the benefits that you see in the movie i think are the best benefits anybody can take away from lucid dreaming i mean you know we we can get super deep and start talking about um you know astro traveling and all that kind of stuff but it's probably going to you know veer off into a conversation just about that and that we can go all day on that we can go all day and all night on that probably but, yeah we'll do another know. one on that yeah i think the <laughs> next time we'll do one about astro traveling and dreams that kind of stuff and you know um yeah, yeah you know transitioning the different planes of consciousness and and, and but, <laughs> but, but but i think with 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 lucid dreaming is like a real practical thing that is you know universally agreed on um no one can deny you know that it it's it's um the, how how cathartic it can be to like like billy zane says in the movie right things aren't so scary the second time around after you've done something once you realize oh i can do this i can you can do it again so yeah. i think it's as simple as that really like you know in the case of zell in the film he he's scared of um he's anxious about human interaction especially with the opposite sex and and so you know after he's you know, had the conversation once in a dream, the next day he sees the person, he's, oh, okay, I can, I, you know, it's 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 like muscle memory, you know, you you, you kind of um, desensitize somewhat because it's just, you know, rinse and repeat. And um, so I think, you know, if somebody's, you know, uh, I don't know, if you're like um, pitching a new business, you're trying to get, you know, you're, you're, you've got a startup or you're going to um, sit down with with some investors, and you want to be on your you want to be on your A game. Well, you know maybe lucid dream the scenario and and play it out in your mind a few times so that you can really you know sharpen up uh, how it's going to go down. And at the same time, you you know you could be argued that you're actually manifesting that outcome with uh, with precognition from from these those those uh, those dream those dreams as well. But you know, if you're an athlete and you're preparing for a game or a final and you're about to, you know, get on the court or the field or whatever, I've heard about, you know, players doing this, you know, where they they dream, they dream it, what they exactly how the, the play or what they're going to do. And then so be it. That's what happens on the day. And it's magic. Dude, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Number one is like confidence building. And but I didn't think about it as deep as you just presented, because the reason it's confidence building is, like you said, like you've already or it feels like you've already lived the experience. So it's way less scary. Like if you're going to do, this would be perfect for like public speakers or people that want to be public yeah. speakers like before. Cause I think I heard a stat that like public speaking is the number one fear. of yeah, I heard that. Like yeah. It's like more than like dying. Like it's like literally the highest fear in the world. Crazy. Um, I, 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 yeah, I don't relate, but I mean, if that's yeah. a thing, I, I heard that as well. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if that's the case, then like, if you have a speech, then you, you could lucid dream it beforehand. And then when you go up there, you're like, I already did this. Yeah. And I think most importantly, it's not just about how you perform in the dream. 
it's also about um have, having a precognition of the reaction that you're going to get for how you perform and envisioning raptures of applause and people really digging it and and and, and vibing with whatever you're presenting or pitching or performing or saying speaking and and that way, like you say, it gives it's confidence building, and, and that's the biggest part, really. Like if you have, if you have um, confidence, then you have the belief. You know, it's the thought meeting the feeling. It's the two, the yeah. two and the one. And and, um, and 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 you know, if somebody was to ask me, like, what is lucid about in one word? If that, if you ever asked me that question, I wouldn't even say dreams. I would say what you just said, confidence. That is what I think the movie's about. Mm. Dude, that's sick. Yeah, that's what I, as I was uh, listening to you, I was like, yeah, confidence. That's what it, that's yeah. what it Um. Okay. So then let's talk about now where you're at. So when did Lucid come out again? That was a couple of years ago, right? 2020. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Which, which could, you know, I mean, uh, could have been a blessing in disguise because although I'm, you know, I, I, I shot and framed Lucid for the big screen. And it plays really beautifully in cinemas and theaters. But um, obviously with it coming out in 2020, there were no theaters open. Uh, all the cinemas were closed down because of lockdowns and, and the pandemic. But I think maybe it was a win for the best because when an indie film like Lucid comes out, it's against, you know, Star Wars, Marvel films, and all these big <laughs> blockbuster popcorn flicks that obviously smash the box office numbers. And then, you're judged against them so if you don't do the numbers you can be doing a flop or whatever but um you know when you when you get a release on a streamer like we did with amazon you know i mean you can't really you can't yeah you're not judged on box office um you know people just yeah. say what they want, people just say what they want about the movie but yeah it came out um 2020 yeah how does that uh and then i, I want to talk about your latest short film but how does that work like is amazon prime for movies like similar to books where like can anybody upload a movie on there or is there like an approval uh, I, I think i think you need to have um an, an aggregator or a um yeah you know a, a distributor a, a, unless you're doing like you know if you're unless you're an amazon original or they've kind of white label acquisitioned uh okay. global, global rights but otherwise yeah it has to be through a uh a kind of um, like a, another sales company or whatever yeah oh and actually that makes sense i'm just realizing because if not like everybody on youtube would just re-upload their videos onto amazon exactly. <laughs> that, that would yeah. make that place crazy <laughs> yeah, okay. exactly. yeah there's got to be a gatekeeper in there or something yeah. um okay cool now what is your your latest the one that you sent me earlier which sadly i didn't have a chance to see it yet but tonight i am going to watch it uh oh, tell cool. us about your latest short film yeah, that's a, a, a film that was directed by my partner, Julia. It's her debut short, and uh, it's a super strong debut, um, better than my first short. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm with, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely like really, um, yeah, proud and, and, and just like, I think everybody, you know, that, that worked on it was, was super impressed when they saw how it came out. Um, because you never know, you know, when you're on set and you're, you and you're there on the day shooting, you know, even if there's a good feeling and, you know, it looks nice on the monitor and everything. You just never know how it's going to come out. And um, yeah. I, you know, I I wrote the script years before, and 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 actually, this came about during lockdown, where Julia, um, you know, she had wanted to be a film director since she was twelve years old, and um, you know, she had she's been and and uh, you know, she's been busy doing other things, uh, you know, being an actress and a producer and a choreographer a stylist and a photographer and many other things but when um when when the world was kind of standing still for a minute 
And, you know, we had our feature films that we were developing on, well, we were still developing them, but, you know, there was no chance of getting any feature movies into production because of, because of COVID. We were like, well, we could just go make a short. <laughs> and uh, Julia was like, yeah, I'll direct it. And she was like, why don't you act in it? You know, because I, I, acting was always my, you know, ambition. And I had taken a long break from acting after losing my eyesight in 2009. I didn't think it was possible to be an actor because I didn't have any reference points out there of other blind performers um at the level that I aspired to to, to be at at least anyway and so um when I uh, yeah and, and Julia you know she knew me and she she wanted to make a showcase for me as an actor and um and then she said you know she's like I think you'd be a really good uh convict you know I can see you as a psychopath you'd look you know I'm like oh well convict yeah I've got a prison uh, drama let me dig that and I'm you know pull out this screenplay this short script that was written years before and then we realized wait this is all about like isolation, mental health, and not and what how dangerous it is not to communicate when you isolate yourself mentally and emotionally as well as as well as physically. And we were looking around us during lockdowns and pandemics, and that was happening everywhere. And it was just so serendipitous and ironic that it was way more relevant um, then, you know, to, to when it was first written years prior. So yeah, yeah. We, we 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 shot it and um and and yeah, like I said, you know, in well. Julia wanted to make a showcase for me, but in the process, she's made a really great showcase for herself as a director. And it's essentially about a um, a uh, detained killer played by myself uh, who is being psychoanalyzed by a doctor. Um, and uh, yeah, the tables turn and um, let's just say the doctor becomes the patient because <laughs> we, we see that, that well, my character, Max, feels that there's trauma kind of bubbling under the surface of this guy and sniffs it out and 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 tries to bring it out of him but you know this this uh this psychoanalyst doesn't want to address his own face his own demons and and um yeah we 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 we, we see a kind of first uh person kind of subjective view of exactly how uh you know that uh, how somebody can explode implode um, when all of this negative energy is stored and built up and, 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 you know, you just keep harboring the same pain and, and you don't release it or express yourself and you don't talk to anybody when you just hold everything inside and don't share, then yeah, it can get really ugly. And you, you see that in, in the film. Oh, well now, damn, if I didn't have so many calls today, I would have been able to watch I'll, I'll I am going to watch it tonight. I'm excited. Um, so here, I want to just last question for you. And I, I definitely think if you're down, I'd love to do a part two and maybe part two, we can actually, maybe we'll do like two hours if you're down and really get oh, yeah. some stuff. Yeah, because yeah. um, I know we could, yeah, we can go deeper. Um, this is a good start. <laughs> That's a cliffhanger for-, for I remember people. the first time when we were chatting on the phone, we, yeah. went, we went deep 10 seconds in. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I'm thinking, I'm like, this interview is great, but I'm like, if we really want to give the people what they want, we got to do two hours. Oh, <laughs> we well, if that's what they want, then gotta, we got to go. Joe Rogan's I'm always down to give the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so la last question for you is, is if there's anything like that, we didn't talk about that you want to bring up, please, please do. And then uh, let everybody know, like, uh, how they can stay in contact, like socials, website, films, stuff like that. No, oh, thanks, man. Well, I think uh, I mentioned Crystal Vision, didn't I? Um, my foundation, yeah, that we announced, yeah. And we launched it in in Cannes, and now we're, you know, looking for you know uh, donations and donors to come forward for 
for us to have the resources to scale the organization, onboard more members and help more people. Um, and the, yeah, the, the website is, uh, yeah, crystalvisionfoundation.com. Uh, if people want to connect with me, I'm on Instagram at the Morse force. Um, I'm, you know, pretty approachable. And if, if, uh, if somebody wants to collaborate or just even have some advice on how to navigate their own path, I'm always happy to, you know, um, help however I can. Um, and, uh, let me think, oh, well, if, um, if anybody listening to this is based in the UK or can make it to London, October, I want to say 24, I think the date is, but if you, um, if you hold tight and stay tuned for details on the little Venice film festival, it's going to be the inaugural festival um it's it's going to be yeah in notting hill in london and suppression is going to be screening there so that's going to be exciting and uh yeah chance to celebrate the film show it to a new audience as well that's awesome man dude thank you again